0: authenticity, curiosity, intimacy. These are important for success in your personal life, but they are also the foundations of a new mindset leading to true success, fulfillment, and happiness in business. A new business mindset is a series of conversations with business leaders in which they share the importance of real business relationships founded and based upon authenticity, curiosity, and intimacy. It is a show in which we learn how to cultivate a new business mindset and become more successful, fulfilled, and happy in our own careers. And now, here are your hosts.
1: And welcome once again to the show. One of the highlights of my week, and I am delighted, as always, to be here with my co-host, Mr. Todd Schnick. Todd, good day to you, sir. Hello, Gareth. How are you, my friend? I'm doing extremely well. Good. really enjoying life. Outstanding. And I am really looking forward to today's conversation. The lady we have on the show today has a really fascinating story, and I'm just really looking forward to talking through that with the three of us. Uh, Before I introduce her, though, Todd, let's uh, reflect on last week's conversation with Bill Watkins and Robert Mallon.
2: Yeah, Bill and Robert, that was a a really powerful conversation. Uh, First of all, they suggest that we're living in the matrix. And if you're familiar with that film, you'll know exactly what we're talking about. And that was a really important theme that ran through that conversation. we had a a really good conversation about the growth versus the fixed mindset. And that's been the subject of a lot of conversation in the last several years. But that was a conversation that uh, really shed some important light on that. And, you know, the, I think the most important question that was asked was, uh, are you living the best year of your life? And if you're not, mm. why not? And what are you going to do about it? So it was a great conversation. And the best piece of advice may have been take the red pill.
1: <laughs> uh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Take the red tail. Um no, it really was. It was a great conversation. And um I think our time was actually a little bit short for what we could have gone through with those guys. It was really fascinating. I agree. So uh, I want to introduce Rachel Adams to the show here. Rachel is a realtor, a public speaker, a coach, an author, an entrepreneur, and a whole long list of other things. <laughs> she has a fascinating story, as I mentioned, and I'm just delighted that you can be with us, Rachel.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited.
1: Well, let's start with the what you do. I mean just highlights because you do a whole bunch of stuff. Just skim the surface of what you do and then we'll get into the story side of this.
0: Yeah. Well, first off, I I'm really thankful for you guys having me on the show. I think the reason that I was drawn initially to your podcast is I think too many times we, you know, see somebody in the perfect Facebook life and we think, "My god, everything's perfect for them. I'm going to do everything they do because they have no problems." And reality is that you know, that's what you see on social media and out there and that, you know, it's put in front of us. It's not necessarily what reality is. And so I am definitely a person who experienced that firsthand, but I own four companies. Three of them are real estate uh, related ones, an actual real estate, traditional retail company. One is a real estate coaching business for a webinar series. And then I have my investment company. And then my passion is my book and program called Lost to Found in 90 days and the most important thing of this entire conversation that you guys need to know is that I just got engaged.
1: <laughs> oh, congratulations Rachel, that's wonderful. Thank
0: you. Yeah. Very very cool. Exciting.
1: Congratulations.
0: Thank that's you. one
1: of those uh, points about getting priorities right in life, right? Oh
0: my gosh, it is it's been a major shift too and yeah. you know most people start to think about the next year like close to December or whatever and I'm a planner. So I start thinking back like October, okay, what is next year look like? And it's going to look very different. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Very different indeed. Well, congratulations. That's wonderful. Thank years.
0: you so much.
1: So you rose to the peak of the real estate industry and there's lots of top thousand agents in the country in three years and yum, yeah. yum, 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 yum. lots of really impressive statistics there. But there was one cathartic moment you told me about where you went for a, a conversation or an interview, and. Uh, uh, the interviewer basically switched the mic off, um, <laughs> and that was just such a powerful story. So can you relate that to us, Rachel?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that everyone has opportunities in their life where they can, I call them game changer moments, and they can either look at it and go, oh my gosh, my life sucks. It's over. I'm done. I'm defeated. Or they can use the look at it as an opportunity. I always talk about focusing on kind of the plan and not the problem. So what had happened is, like you said, I had actually hit top 1,000 agents in the country in three years. So from the outside looking in, my world looked pretty perfect. You know, perfect car, perfect social life, um, great job. But what people didn't know is that in those three years, I had um, gotten a divorce that I never dealt with. I'd gained about 32 pounds and I'm putting everybody else's needs in front of my own, you know, family, friends, clients, you name it. And my company, so my corporate company is called Keller Williams Realty, and they heard that there's this young girl, she's under 30, doing big things, let's have her come out, we'll shoot a commercial, and she can inspire other agents on how to lead their life. And, you know, I'm excited about the opportunity, you know, and I go there, get hair and makeup done, and, you know, I, I think I told you, but I bought, like, the tightest pair of spanks I could find, because I was trying to hide the 32 pounds. <laughs> And I go and I sit down for this interview and all I know is that I'm interviewing with a woman named Nina Rowan Heller and that she's a health and wellness coach and she coaches you know, Matthew McConaughey and the founders of Microsoft and she's a big deal. So I sit down with her and like at the time you have to understand I'm traveling around the US coaching people on how to build a business and work on their mindset. Like this is what I do. And I sit down with Nina and I'm used to asking or answering questions and so she's asking me about my real estate business and I'm like, well, I did this and I did this and I did this and... She's listening, but she kind of gets a funny look on her face and, and she touches my shoulder and she said, and how did that make you feel? And I'm like, feel, I mean, you know, bumps and bruises, what you do, what you do, like high pitched voice. And then we keep talking and she said, and, and how did that make you feel? And I'm kind of thinking like, you are messing up my flow lady. Like what the heck? And then she did something that was pretty impressive. She asked the camera crew to step outside. She looked at them and said, guys, we're going to need a few minutes. And they step outside, and she took my hand, and she asked me a question that pretty much shifted my life. Um, she said, Rachel, have you ever heard that your video isn't matching your audio? Like, your video's not matching your audio. What you say you're doing, you're not actually doing. And I said, well, I mean, I've heard that statement, but never in reference to me. And she said, sweetie, what's really going on? And you know, I think it's one thing to be honest with other people, but it's entirely another thing to be honest with yourself. And on this workout bench in Texas with more makeup on than I've ever had, <laughs> I just burst into tears. And I told her that I got a divorce and that I worked so hard for this image of perfection that I don't even know who I am anymore. And I said, you know, I've worked so hard for more, but what is enough enough? Like, and what do I really want? And it ended up being the most powerful two-hour conversation I've ever had in my life. She sent me home. I never got to shoot the commercial. But I did, however, get to have an opportunity to look at how I was leading my life. And I made a decision on that day. I made a decision that moving forward, I would lead my life with authenticity and intention. And I decided for 90 days, I was going to commit to authenticity and intention in all things. And I did. And pretty much everything changed.
1: It's a fantastic story, and there's a lot of little sound bites and nuggets in there that I could uh, tease out. It's just a fantastic story. One thing I particularly like that you said there is it is one thing to be honest with other people, but quite another to be honest with yourself. Yeah. I think most of us have a really hard time being honest with ourselves, and we have a hard time seeing that we're not being honest with ourselves.
0: Yeah. Well, I think sometimes there's so many, we, we are surrounded by and encouraged for distractions. You know, it's like we're we're surrounded to have, you know, people like people numb themselves so that you can't even hear what's going on inside, whether it's drinking or online dating apps or TV or smoking cigarettes. Like there are so many things that we, we turn to to numb us from what's really going on that how are we supposed to know what is going on? Well, I'm,
2: you know, I love this idea that you were living the Facebook life, and and we all, I think we all get trapped in that somehow, and when we we are jealous and yearn to live other people's Facebook lives, and then we try to portray this perfect life. Why do we care? Why do? How have we gotten to a point where that's first and foremost in our minds? My the big shift i made in my life several years ago was i was trying to lead the facebook life that everyone said all right well he's doing exactly what what society and what culture expects him to do and and yeah. it, it was a it was a prison for me and and it was torture and and when i finally said yeah i don't give a damn what anyone thinks of yeah. me anymore and i want to just be me and i don't want to worry about what people think because that didn't do so good for me in the first run so how do we get into that that rut in the first place and and more importantly that's it was it, I mean it was a long haul to, to break free of that it's, okay. it's a tough it's a tough battle how do you do that
0: well you know I think the thing is people start actually judging their self-worth like who they are on the inside by someone else's outside and I, you know, I think what you have to do first is you have to look at your life right now. And what I did is I took a really hard look at my life. Like I actually had this moment where I was on my knees, like physically on my knees in my living room floor. And I remember just like looking up to God. And I just remember saying, I know I meant for more. Like, I mean, at the time, I think I had like 20,000 followers on social media and I realized like they deserve for me to be honest with them. And so what I did is I, um, I looked at my life and I said, okay, If I could remove two things from my life, what would that, you know, and things that either aren't serving me or are distracting me from being the best version of myself, like what would that be and what could my life look like? So I did this visualization exercise. And I think to really figure out like what you want for your life, you have to be really honest about where you're at currently. And one of the things I do, which if I can explain to you guys, do I have a sec to explain it? Sure. Okay. So I literally put on um, Beethoven. And so I face up and playing, and my eyes are closed, and my head's back, and my on, I'm on my couch, and I'm literally thinking, five years from now, what do I want my life to look like? What conversations do I want to have? Who do I want to be surrounded with? Where am I going on vacation? Where am I living? What car am I driving? What charities am I donating to? Like I, I had made so much of my life about selling. I decided I wanted to make it about serving. And it was such a huge shift for me. And so I got to just visualize this beautiful life, right? And then I opened my eyes and I got out a piece of paper and I wrote it down. I wrote down this beautiful life for me five years from now. If I was leading my life at the very highest level, I was in the shape I wanted to be in, you know, great health, surrounded. I mean, you know, I was not in a relationship, but in my five-year vision, I'm turning over and kissing my husband, and my kids run into the bedroom, and I'm like tears are streaming down my face, like it was a vivid visualization. And I wrote it down. And then what I did is I looked at this at at this life, and I said, okay, what do I have in my life right now that's holding me back from this? And who do I have in my life that's holding me back from? becoming this person. And I made commitments to remove some of those people. And I think that's the first step. You have to be really, really clear about where you're currently at and where you want to be and know that not everybody's going to support you on your journey. And that's okay because the right people are going to come into your life and the right people are also going to leave your life.
1: Making choices around the people in your life. I do think that's enormously important, mm-hmm. but it is enormously hard for people to do. The, the a flip of that, which happened with me and Looking back on it, it was quite profound at the time, but now it's just very obvious. I used to drink way, way, way too much. So I had all these people I go out and drink with, and then I quit drinking years ago now. And those people just disappeared. Yep. And they really weren't friends. I thought they were my friends, but they really weren't. Those were relationships that were founded entirely around mutual support of bad habits. So being able to look at relationships and figure out which ones are serving you. Which ones actually aren't healthy relationships and make tough choices about relationships is a really important thing to be able to do, I think, Rachel.
0: Yeah. And, you know, when you're going through a big shift in your life, I think the way to have that conversation with the people in your life, it kind of filters them out. I was worried about it in the beginning because I I realized that if I said... Okay, I'm in this because what I did for my 90 days, I actually took out dating and drinking for 90 days. I do I had three dating apps on my phone, not proud to admit that. But I had three dating apps on my phone and you know, I was trying to fill some void without actually dealing with the issue at hand. And and I and drinking, and it wasn't like I was drinking every night, but you know, client meetings or you know, cocktail hour or whatever three or four nights a week, I'm drinking. And then as soon as you have a cocktail in you, you're like, yeah, we can split the cheesecake. And then 32 pounds later. (laughs) Um, You know, so what happened is I realized that if I was going to go on this big change and and like you said, you know, you take out drinking and all of a sudden you realize you don't have these super deep relationships you think you have. You just have a common interest in a pastime. So what we did is I sat down with each person. I said, listen, I'm so excited. You really matter to me in my life. So I wanted to sit down with you and tell you about a really exciting um, journey that I'm going to go on. And as my friend, I really hope that I have your support. So instead of being worried and saying, gosh, I I hope that you're with me, I was excited. And I almost like empowered them to want to support me. And the cool thing was some of them took it really well and some of them didn't. And those people weren't in my life anymore. And they're still not. They didn't come back in my life.
2: Right. Well, I'm amused by people who, when I'm having a conversation with them and they stress and worry about what their obituary is going to say. And I think to myself, like, dude, you can write that right now. And, and this is exactly the process you went through, and say what it, what's you know the visualization of what I where I want to be in five years. Yeah. You, you can set that course, and the beautiful thing is that it's going to evolve as you go, and that's all good too. Uh, but but get moving. I mean that's what that's what's so frustrating agonizing over what your future obituary is going to say when when you could be writing it right now anyway. Hey, so your program Lost to Found. I mean, uh, I would love to hear more about that. I, my, my worry is that there's a lot of people out there who don't realize they're lost. And so how do you, I mean, you walked through how you kind of came to that realization, but I think there's a lot of people that think, well, I'm just in the rut or I'm in this path and it's the path that life's chosen for me. I guess I'm just going to keep going down it. But how do you know when you're lost? And more importantly, I think there's some fear of saying, well, how do I know when I'm found? So walk us through uh, uh, that a bit.
0: Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I think that being lost doesn't necessarily mean you need to be like flat broke and have no aspirations for your career or whatever. It could just be there. You know, there's different categories to life. You could be spiritually lost. You could be lost with your health. You could be lost with a relationship. Either you're not in one or you're in an unhealthy one or you lost the passion in it. There's so many different things that we can be instead of feeling lost, maybe feel like you're off balance or you're off kilter. And some people, they close their eyes and they just feel stuck they're like, I know I meant for more, but I don't know what it is. And so what happened for me is when I went on this 90 day journey of self discovery, I journaled the whole time. And you know, truth be told, it was like day 69. I went back to a real estate convention, and I'm walking down the hall, and I see Nina. And she's like, Oh, my God, Rachel, what happened to you? And I'm like, Are you kidding me? Like you happened in that conversation. And so she's got 25 years experience, I had the story. And so she asked if we could get together and talk about what happened. And what I realized is that in the 90 days, 12 specific things really shifted for me. And so I decided that there were other people out there who might feel like they're not necessarily wanted where, they want, where they want to be at. And so I thought, what if I could write a blueprint for them? Because I think, you know, there's all these personal development books out there and all that, right? And you read it and you have great intentions. But then you have no game plan, you have no accountability and no support. You read it, you have good intentions, life shows up, goes back on your shelf. And so with Lost to Found, I wanted to create kind of like a culture in an environment, almost like a tribe, if you will, of people that were all committed to making some changes in their life, but didn't necessarily know how to do it. And so like the first thing you have to do is you have to figure out your story, like your story and your big why, who are you and why do you do what you do? And then what do you want to do? And then we help you figure out what your two biggest distractions are, like how to remove the things that are hold, you know, the things that aren't serving you in your life. And then, I mean, we talk about your day and time blocking. We move into water, nutrition, fuel, exercise, sleep, meditation, like even lists where you figure out what brings you joy. And there's my my most difficult chapter to write, and that I think I went through was um, your relationship standards and allies. Because that's where you really have to dig. And you really have to get clear on who you are and who you want to have around you. But I will tell you, it was so powerful because I always had huge aspirations for business. Like you ask me what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a growth plan, business model, call it a day. But I never did that for my personal life. And in this journey of self-discovery, I wrote down all the words that mattered to me in a relationship. And next to the word, I wrote down a paragraph about what that word meant to me. So at the time I thought I was kind of just getting clarity on my next relationship, but I realized later that I was setting a standard for myself about what I wouldn't allow in my life. And then no joke, three months after I finished the program, I met Ryan and he is my (laughs) life. (laughs) That's
1: wonderful. You said there's something in there that um, particular turn of words, which I thought was really interesting. We were talking about being lost and you said, you know, it can be this, it can be that, but at its root, what I take from what you just said is being lost is not knowing your own story. So being yeah. found is finding your story again, which I think is just beautiful. There's something else has come out that I want to explore. And there are two different things here that at face values sound the same, but down deep, they're completely different. Either in the conversation we had before, Rachel, or in the, the early part of your conversation here, and I think it was probably both, you talked about putting others' needs first. And that was oh, part of your problem yeah. is you were putting other people's needs first. And then later on, you talked about transforming your life and, you know, putting yourself where you wanted to be. And that's a life of service. So at face value, putting other people's needs first and a life of service can sound very similar, but actually they're very different. Can you talk about that from your perspective?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Great takeaways. I think with putting others first, it, for me, it really came down to, I felt like I needed to be available all the time. For my clients, for my friends, for my family, I never had any personal boundaries. I never did self-care, whether it's a massage, a bubble bath, reading, like really taking time for me. And so I started to establish a little bit of personal boundaries. And what I mean by that is, say, for example, somebody is going to buy a house, right? And I sit down and I tell them, hey, I'm available until 730 at night. If it's after that, go ahead and shoot me a text. If it's an emergency, I'll take care of you. Otherwise, we'll talk the next business day, you know? But if it's 9.30 at night, they popped open a bottle of wine and they're like, oh my gosh, I love this property. Let's text Rachel. Like if I choose to text back, then I've now set my new boundary at 9.30. And so if I'm not respecting my boundaries, how can I expect anyone else to? So I really started to get clear about what mattered to me and what my priorities were. And not that my clients didn't matter and not that my friends didn't matter, but I realized that I only have one life. And if I'm not taking care of me, my health, my sleep, my energy... I'm not going to be the best friend I can be. I'm not going to be the best business owner I can be, realtor, whatever you want to call it. And so I realized like I needed to put myself first before others. And then to answer your question about serving, I had always kind of been, I I was driven by money, to be honest with you. I wanted Mm -hmm. to make good money because... I had been married before. I was in a really unhealthy marriage And I had a uh, some really dark, dark days with financial um, stress, borrowing money from every person I know, paycheck behind a paycheck. And I think a lot of people can relate to that the anxiety and the inner stress you feel with that. And so when I started to make money, it was about more and making sure that I was just selling, selling, selling. And what I, my shift in this 90 days happened is all, and I don't know when it happened. It just all of a sudden I realized um, instead of making it about how much I can get, I made it about how much I can give. How much can I contribute to the lives of other people? Buying a house is a huge contribution, but I didn't make it about the commission anymore. I made it about them and their dreams and their goals and my friends. I made it about their conversations and put my cell phone away when I was talking to them and was present with them. And all of a sudden, I realized that if you make your life about serving and about giving, You're going to be rewarded. The money is going to come.
1: So uh, I'd recap what we just talked about there, Rachel, because it it, it's a really important point. At least I believe it is. On the dimension of putting other people's needs first, that is something where you found putting boundaries around it was really, really helpful. Looked at that in that kind of way and came to the realization that a life of service is both fulfilling in its own right. And naturally leads to prosperity. Is that a fair way of summarizing what you said?
0: Absolutely, yes.
1: It's just a wonderful way to look at it. Rachel, we're about out of time here. It has just been a wonderful conversation. And it is, y- your story is such a, such a hopeful story.
0: Oh, thank um, you.
1: Finding that moment where um, there's just that transformation, um, that vulnerability just happens. It was beautiful. So thank you so much for sharing that with us
0: absolutely
1: before we let you go how can people get a hold of you i'll put your uh, contact information on the show notes
0: absolutely so if they want to find me on facebook uh, they can go the slash rachel adams realtor if you want to find out all the different things i'm doing you can go to uh, www.racheladamsinspire.com and to learn more about lost to found in 90 days you can go to www.lost the number two found the number 90.com
1: excellent as I say, those will all be on the show notes. Rachel, once again, thank you so much for being with us for such a delightful conversation today.
0: You're so welcome. Thank you guys for having me. It's been a pleasure.
1: From our guest Rachel Adams, from my co-host Todd Schnick, and from myself Gareth Young, thank you for joining us today. I hope you're all inspired by this, and uh, I hope you come join us again next time. You have been listening to a new business mindset a radio show about the importance of authenticity, curiosity, and intimacy in business. To catch other great conversations and to learn more about the show, please visit us on newbusinessmindset.com. If you liked what you heard and to really help us out, it'd be great if you'd visit and leave a review on iTunes. So thanks again for listening. A new business mindset will return next week.